0: C-K-B-A-C-K, The Kickback. We live in effect with Rik Rik, Brie Brie, and your boy E.B. Let's have fun. What's good, beautiful people? It's your boy E.B., and I'm here with two of my favorite people, Sharika and Sabrina, and you are listening to, hopefully, your favorite podcast, The Kickback. If it's not your favorite, then make it your favorite. Um, And usually, you know, let me see... I'm going to start off with my tip check. I don't got a song for y'all this week. Um, Maybe we'll work on that next week. But if I had to put a number on it, just because the mornings be a little nippy, um, I'm going to go with 74. And I know for some of y'all listening, you like, 74 is nippy. It's nippy for me. Anything under (laughs) 75, anything in the (laughs) 70s is cold. Like, 70s is cold. 60 is freezing. 50 is ridiculous. And that's why I'm going to heaven. Um, oh my
1: goodness
0: (laughs) you know i know some of y'all i I don't like that's the that's my limit to warm weather is i can't have extreme heat where it's like hot as hell but like 50 like that's like the opposite of whatever is good um i think if if heaven had a temperature i think it'd be somewhere in the 80s um just because it talks about you know the crystal sea and you know streets of gold and those things usually don't shine in cold weather go like you don't hear about gold (laughs) Like you don't hear people mining in, in, in Antarctica for gold. Like you don't hear that it's not in Greenland. Like you don't say like what they were that they was in on the continent of lovely Africa. It was on this continent where the natives were, and you know where people from like, the European Americans were killing people to go out Western gold rushes and kill people. You know, so it's usually where warm temperature resides. Um, so I assume, under the assumption that heaven is. A nice weather is just not as hot as hell, so to speak. So that's where I'm at, um, Sharika, Sabrina. What's your tip like?
2: <laughs> Evie, I'd say that's a fair assumption. <laughs> You're making me laugh already on the pod. I'm doing really well, y'all. Know this is my favorite season. This is the time of year that I just absolutely love, and especially this month. It's my anniversary month. We're coming up on three years. So I think all of my songs this month will be love songs. And I'm going to hit y'all with a little Shania for my mood today because Shania was debuted at my wedding as well. Uh, I don't think debuted is the right word in that case, but I already used it and I'm not going to edit it out. So Uh, (laughs) you're still the one. That is my vibe today. That's. I mean, I always love my husband, but especially in this season. I just, I don't know. I just be looking at him different, like, all like reflecting on all the times we had. And she says, look like we made it. Look how far we've come, my baby. We might've took the long way. And y'all, we did. <laughs> we knew we'd get there someday. They said, I bet they'll never make it. But just look at us holding on. We're still going strong. And she has that line in her song about like, they said, I bet they'll never make it. And that I feel that deeply because when people who at least they think they know me. They knew a, pers- a persona of me, namely like a work persona of me. And they would meet my husband. They would have these little whispers about like, oh, I don't get it or like blah, blah, blah. And I remember one lady in particular at my old job, she spoke to my pastor at the time and was like, yeah, I don't get it, da da da. And I'm like, lady, you cheated on your husband twice and you cheated with the coworker mm-hmm. and y'all were both relieved of your positions. And you're Ooh. talking about my relationship? Ooh. Okay, like, and I couldn't believe the pastor came back and told me. I'm like, this is so messy. So anyway, especially to her, I bet you, me and babe, make it longer than you're <laughs> you it. That's horrible because she's still married to her husband, and that's good for them. There's <laughs> grace in that. But the lesson here is speak Ooh. on your own and what you know. My husband at the time hadn't been a church in like seven years. He was very shy and appeared to lack confidence when he met a lot of my people because he's like, "Ooh, these are like the Christiany y christian folks, you know, but they didn't know him. And to judge him off of him, like being like, hey, and not speaking, maybe he already felt your energy and your vibe. And he was like, that's not for me. So there's a shout out to her. I'm on my third wedding anniversary, and there will be many more to come. Sharika, how am I feeling?
1: Oh, I was not great until then. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, if they they really don't know you all, because right. if they did, first of all, if Doug and Sabrina, they even sound alike at times. It is the weirdest thing they do things like the same and I'll be like oh my gosh I don't even know who started it I don't know which one it was first but y'all be even having same mannerisms and same like intonation in your tones when y'all speak or say certain phrases so I'm like these people don't know what they talking about and I love a Shania Twain me and Sabrina both had Shania Twain songs at our wedding and I think actually we both had the same Shania Twain song at our wedding, I love yeah, Um, And shout out if y'all haven't seen it. No, I know this ain't the recommend time, but she has a little documentary situation on the Netflix. It was a good time. Check it out. But um, my temp is, I'm gonna go with EB 74. But it's a it's a lovely 74 over here. It's not nippy over here. It's nice and it's lovely. And I love a good 74. So that's my temp. My song is Green Pastures by David. I want to say Beloshi. It is just, it really just is the 23rd Psalm. But that's just where I'm at right now, just focusing on uh, God's goodness and walking in green pastures with the Lord. So that is my temp. That is my song. Um, So that is where I'm at.
2: Love to hear it, friend. I do have a special f to send out if you two don't mind um i would like Always this time it. to say f you to mr chandler bubel that's b-u-b-e-l if you google him you'll see the dui you'll see the two small claims court cases already out against him and my husband and i are about to add a third when i tell you guys we just got scammed now Bay said don't be telling the amount we got scammed out of I personally am not embarrassed by this. It's kind of like when someone gets uh, raped, for example, the victim has nothing, they did nothing wrong. And so I'm like, Mm -hmm. babe, we did nothing wrong. We hired a contractor because I've been working at home for a year now. I've been using a folding table from the garage. I'm like, now I'm settled. I really feel like this is my vibe. I'm ready to get a more permanent situation. And last year, we've renovated like the main parts of our home. We're doing renovations like room by room because you have like a year to save up. We saved up, we designed what we wanted and we needed a carpenter found him five stars I saw on Google, looked at the Facebook page. It was all a lie. You guys, why did he come and do not even half the work? Like part of the things he was supposed to do was move to outlets. Why did he just move the plate onto a blank wall? But I didn't realize it until after he left. I did not realize it because I'm working from home. He's working. And when I be working from home, sometimes, yeah, there are lags, but sometimes I'm like legit like working. I'm in meetings. I'm engaged. I'm trusting you to do your job. And this is where I messed up. But you live, you learn. Halfway through the job, he's like, oh, I need more materials, but we already gave you the deposit, sir. That's supposed to be for the de- materials. But I'm home alone with this man in my house. I text my husband like, hey, he's asking for the rest of the money. Doug's like, okay, just send it to him because he said he's going to run it Home Depot. He was never going to run it back to our house. And after he left, I found out the work he did do wasn't even up to par and the electric electrical work he just didn't do stopped responding to texts, took down his Facebook. And after that, because I didn't know his last name and my husband had asked for like his license information. And he was like, yeah, I'm licensed and insured through Angie's List, whatever. It was all a lie, you guys. I was able to find his last name because he messed up in a voicemail he sent and he had his last name. And we're, you know, filing a police report. We're going to take him to small claims court, all that. But you can't, re- I mean, he's not going to show up, obviously. He's in the win with our money. But f you, Chandler. I wish nothing great for you, and I can't wait until you get caught.
1: Oh my goodness! Wow, people are wild out here. Did people he change really the number? Their
2: skin, um, Evie. I don't think he changed his number, and I have like on his fake Facebook where he was actually impersonating another business, a legit business, Suncoast Property Management. Um, He had his number and he had his wife's number. We text him. In the beginning, he was texting us back because Doug was like, when are you going to finish the work, you know? And he was like, oh, it was just the runaround. And then when Doug discovered that he lied about, he didn't even do the electrical work. Doug was like, you need to refund us all of our money now. That's when he got ghost and deleted the page and all that. But we've talked to the cops and then the two claims against him are for the same thing. So the only thing that makes me feel good is this is not like a special thing he Uh did just as this is his scam. And I knew something was fishy because after I gave him the rest of the money, instead of just being in the office working, he started talking to me as I'm working. I remember I was messaging my husband on Snapchat, like, listen to his story. He started telling me his life story. Like, oh, my dad was this and that. And I saw people get killed. And I was like, babe, I'm very uncomfortable. Why is he talking to me and not doing the job? And the story he's telling is not positive. (laughs) So from there, my husband then showed me how to use the nine. And he's like, you're home all day alone. I'm like, I'm not trying to take nobody's life over this. He's like, no, but if someone ever tries to take your life, you got to be ready. So It's been a whole thing. I don't think it's going to escalate to that. I don't think he will ever come to our home or neighborhood again. But I say all that to say, you guys, when you let these people in your home really do as much as you can, because some scammers are really, really smart. And it's just such an icky feeling to know someone was in your home and then they run off with your money and you only have half a job done. Now that I've talked about this to family and friends, I'm hearing that this is more common than we think. Evidently. Definitely. It is EP. Like I've never like, heard of it until now.
0: Yeah, these things happen all the time. Don't even ask you to um if he has the same number, because you can definitely send me his information. I know people. Oh. <laughs> please, please uh, send me, me his information. I need some work done. <laughs> i told
1: y'all, y'all always gotta have a friend who know somebody who knows somebody. Y'all think I was playing. I'm telling you, you gotta know people who know people. That's all I'm saying. Not that I, you know, well, I, I don't know what the people going to do, but all I say is we need to know somebody that knows somebody.
0: I don't know what they're going to do either. That's between <laughs> Jesus and them. Exactly. But exactly. I know people. I know people. Need I need know. some work done. I need some I'm going to
2: forward you, Evie, the same email that I had to forward the cops that had all the information. So if this happens to you, you call the sheriff's office and they have a special person who deals with community related scams and things you send them an email with all the documents then you have an appointment with them you go in person and the police report is filed small claims is different um we'll have to go to the courthouse but i think it's worth it chandler doesn't know i'm the same person who took the weave store to court for fifty dollars if you think i won't take you have another thing coming i don't care if it's five years from now he will slip up he will get caught and at that time we will be will be ready. <laughs> exactly. We'll be ready.
1: Well, I was gonna say I love when Sabrina has an F you, but I, I not I don't want that I'm saddened that you were taken advantage of and y'all were robbed. That's horrible. People are I just I I just it's it's very I just live in a different mindset. I just cannot believe people be really out here purposefully scamming robbing people yeah
2: but also I mean, I Sherika, thing, the bible tells us but... to be like um gentle as doves and wise as snakes right mm-hmm. i we should have done you know i will take responsibility for the fact that we took him on his word that he was licensed and insured we should have asked for that license number and looked it up we should have had his last name when he asked for more money we should have said no no more money until mm-hmm. the job is done when he told me that he had done the electrical outlets. I should have gone in there and checked myself, you know. So there are things that we can do as, you know, humans to kind of help shield us from these things. Um, But if you have to learn that expensive lesson, just take it on the chin and move forward wiser. You can't like, we can't get in the dump about it. The great thing is we've already found replacement people and the work is getting done quicker and it's actually quality work because his work was also trash. So there's that.
1: Lesson learned for all of us. We want to believe that people are genuine and honest and that we'll do the right thing. But the reality is that people going to be peopling. But um, I'm sorry to hear that, friend. But you know what? i join you on your FU 2 Chandler. On a different note, we're going to talk about um, uh, why we weren't here last week. You guys might have been like, what happened to the kickback? It's Saturday and no episode. Well, if you don't live in the state of Florida and you forgot that maybe we live in the state of Florida, we was in the middle of a or or dealing with or processing or recovering from a hurricane last week uh, in our area. Now, the hurricane hit different areas at different times, but roughly early um, Thursday morning or late Wednesday night, whatever you might want to say, there was a hurricane that hit our area. Thankfully to the Lord, our area was not hit as bad as projected. The hurricane was projected to hit directly, come directly towards us and hit us. But um, the uh, the Lord's grace was good. And it's always good but we weren't able, we weren't hit directly, but the hurricane turned and a lot of other areas were hit. uh, And a lot of areas are still, still in major, major disrepair, destruction, loss of life. It has been horrible and sad situation. Um, So we wanted to talk a little bit about that uh, with you guys. So I want to ask Sabrina and E.B., Uh, Ab has been in Florida the longest. I have not lived in Florida all my life, and I haven't really, have you all had to deal with any natural disasters, whether hurricanes, uh, earthquakes, anything like that? Have you all experienced that? I will start. I have not really had any major natural disasters that have affected me or where I have lived when I was in Virginia and college, there was a, I believe it was a hurricane that hit nearby where I was, but you know, we just had, um, a little bit of power outage, pretty much what I, what was experienced here. I didn't have a lot of issues, you know, the gas was running out, um, power was out in a lot of stores, so you couldn't really go a lot of places, but to my personal home or area, I had not received any major damage and to this day the same so i have not really experienced personally the devastation of natural disasters um how about you guys
0: yeah so being um, born and raised in florida definitely experienced hurricanes um that would be probably the most well definitely the most common um i won't say po- probably hurricanes is definitely the most common Oh, I'm sorry, natural disaster that I experienced. And I've been around a tornado before. And I say around, like, um, in passing. So it happened to be on the highway when one had touched down um, on 95 through parts of, I guess you could say, the east coast of Florida. And then it was on the ground not that long and saw it happen. Um, and it heard about the destruction. Um, but wow. never, like, was inside of a house. Um, with one or whatnot so and then if you count like floodings and stuff like that experience that Mm -hmm. um, one of the most memorable I guess natural disasters were in 2004 the state of Florida had um, four um, hurricanes in a span of six weeks or whatnot so you're talking about school year essentially um, like just started or whatnot and probably a couple weeks in and then we ended up basically riding out the year up until like November of being out of school in Polk County because of those four of Hurricane um, Charlie, Ivan, Francis, and Gene, like all in 2004, which was just just a crazy year. And all of that happened in like a five or six week span, which was also mind boggling. You. You're talking about like some people recovering from one and one is still there, like tarps not on everybody's homes, people still trying to figure out the debris. So, yeah.
1: Wow, that's crazy. That is wild. Just hit back to back. I can't even imagine. Did you guys
2: have to, like, stay in school until late June or something? Or did they just let it ride?
0: No, so in Florida, back in the day, we used to always get out in May. And we still got out in May. I think we had, like, we ended up having, like, three or four makeup hurricane days on, like, those. When it was probably supposed to be, like, a teacher work day, we ended up coming in. But they didn't extend the school year. Um, The part that was challenging for some people, we used to have standardized testing in Florida. And it might still do. But, like, for those who probably had to take, like, the FCAT and stuff, it sucks for them. Because usually if you fail... For those individuals sorry for those who don't like testing most of us don't um some people just do well at testing but if you failed in the fall like you had the chance to take it in the spring but because of those hurricanes there was no fall testing and it was only a spring so mainly like those seniors or those who had to promote like in eighth grade it's like you didn't to go into high school or to get your diploma it was like you only had that spring shot um because the fall testing was basically canceled and it wasn't like waived. it was just you gonna take it in the spring because you're going to take the standardized testing. And, um, yeah.
2: So challenging when we think about how the natural disasters never just impact one thing, you know? Yeah, they impact, like, the housing and food, people getting food or losing food because they have no power. But thinking about things like that, like, oh, now someone might have more stress or anxiety because they can only have one shot at a test or something like that. Um, Growing up in North Carolina, we definitely had, hurricanes. I remember doing tornado drills in school, but I never saw a tornado. My dad is from a small town very close to Rocky Mount called Enfield, and he would talk about them getting tornadoes. So I guess North Carolina does get them, and they sound like a train. I don't know, but uh, we did the drills. I never experienced one. The major hurricane I remember uh, was Hurricane Floyd. I don't know if it hit Florida first, because usually the hurricanes will come up from Florida and, and visit us in the Carolinas. But it was 99. And I remember at one point my brother and I were outside, me and CJ were just rocking outside. And my mom was like, get your blanks in here. It's a hurricane. But it just felt like kind of exciting and fun wind and rain and that sort of a thing. And we went to bed, but the next day, cause the neighborhood I grew up in was right on a river. The next day when we went to the bottom of the neighborhood All you could see were roofs. All the houses that were like on that back bottom were just underwater. Um, My sister would often do performances at the Playhouse. That was like our local theater. And you could kind of get there on a bike through like a cut through our yard. That was underwater. The art center was underwater. And a lot of the buildings in Rocky Mount that were flooded out, um, they're still just kind of sitting there dilapidated. So Rocky Mount is at one point was the ninth one of the ninth most impoverished city in America. So I don't know if it's because Rocky Mountain just doesn't have the funds, but it's kind of sad like the ghost of Hurricane Floyd is still there when you see certain buildings and areas that they never knock down.
1: That's that's that is sad when you see like I, I can't imagine just waking up and just seeing roofs and everything being underwater. Like I just just the pictures that I've seen online and just having to like imagining looking out my window or you know or 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 walking down my stairs and there's there's like five feet of water or whatever it is like I I can't imagine how devastating that would be for to just that be a reality and to see all of your things all of your. I mean and we know that things are everything but You know, it, you know, your sentimental things, your mementos, your, your, you know, whether it's your wedding album or, you know, especially before digital things that you, when it was lost, it was like, it was lost. And that was it. We did have, this wasn't a natural disaster, but one time our house did get, we had frozen pipes that flooded and that flooded our house. And I remember my, you know, my parents being, you know, sad that a lot of their wedding or, a lot of the albums and things like that, that, you know, obviously it wasn't digital back when I was a kid. And, you know, once it was gone, it was gone. And, you know, you couldn't really replace those moments or when you have loved ones that are no longer with you and you have things that mean a lot to you from them that are gone now. Or so, yeah, just that is just so sad to see and in especially when, and then now you're dealing with insurance companies, which is, is also another scam, to be honest. And people aren't really, you can't recoup what is really gone. You're not going to get the value for whatever. And and people are really struggling. And, and some people cannot bounce back or recover from the loss. So it is very sad. Um, so for me and Hurricane Ian, um, by the grace of God, our, uh, I was able to go to um, – My job to stay because they opened it up as a shelter. Our, it it was a crazy turn of events. My husband and I were out of town. We were on vacation. We were, um, while we're hearing that all this is coming. So we are supposed to come back on Monday and the hurricane is supposed to be Wednesday. That's when it was rumored to hit our area. Well, there was issues and we couldn't get on our flight. Our flight got canceled. We had to get on. We didn't fly until Tuesday. My husband works for emergency disaster. So we get in. Shout out to our brother, Evie, who came and scooped us from the airport that morning. My husband gets back to his car and goes directly to work. And then I, my job is closed from that afternoon on. And I'm like, OK, I'm going home to do what? I have no idea what to do. I'm like I don't know how to prepare for a hurricane like I said I've never really had one and I've never had a property that I needed to care for in a hurricane like I've always rented every place this is the first house that belongs to me and I don't know what to do and I don't know how to prepare and my husband's gone I'm like well lord uh okay we got a few hours before this thing's supposed to hit I went to the grocery store I got like two bags of Randomness because I just didn't even know what to do. I got chips, I got candy, I got I don't know. And mind you, we live in a house that really does not have non-perishables like we because we we are quote unquote supposed to be healthy. So we really only have food that you can cook. So I'm like, I don't even have any food. I don't have nothing in the can. I don't. And I didn't even. I just was so out of it because we just of all the travel and I didn't know what was going on. I came home. My husband gets home that night. He's like, well, did you get this? Did you get that? I'm like, no, I didn't. I I didn't know what to do. So then, you know, the hurricane, we go to, I go to work the next day and stay there because just in case, because we don't have a generator. We don't have, if if the power goes out or if anything happens, I didn't want to be at home by myself because I knew my husband would most likely be working. So I was just like, let me go to work. So at least if something happens, I'm not by myself. And also, um, they have a generator. They have hurricane windows. And I just was like, Laura, I'm going to just have to leave my house in your hands because I don't know what to do. And I'm not prepared to do anything. And I don't have no sandbags. I don't have no wood. I don't got no shutters. I got nothing. Except for you, Jesus Christ. So you're going to have to wash the house. And I'm just going to go over here. And so I just wrote it out at work. And woke up the next day, and it really wasn't bad in our area, so I just went back home. And by the grace of God, nothing was damaged at my house. There was a tree um, in the road by my house, but it wasn't bad. They, I was able to drive around and get home, and I was fine. So that was my hurricane experience with Ian. How about you guys?
0: So mine was not necessarily similar, um, but kind of, I stayed here in Tampa once I saw the tracking of the storm shift to go further south I felt that wouldn't necessarily be in harm's way so I stayed at my residence we also live in our apartment complex where we're on the second floor so I wasn't necessarily worrying about flooding um and it's also like not crazy old but it's an older building because it's still more like concrete like it's it's made up like it's blocks. so it was like it ain't not saying it can't get damaged but it was no worries at the time for me, um, as far as what could happen, no major trees near the apartment complex. Thought about the vehicle a few times, but I'm like, if it falls on the vehicle, that's what you got insurance for. Um, not for my white vehicle, I was like, that's why we got insurance, slash, we'll have to figure sign out. For my vehicle, no disrespect, but it's a company vehicle, so it's gonna be what it's gonna be. If a tree hit it, then hopefully I can upgrade it to an SUV or something for the from the company. So I wasn't stressing that either. Um, god be with that vehicle but that was it really just stay like we didn't even lose power we lost power for like 30 seconds um so there was no no stressors on that so you know by the grace of God and the track of the storm and I guess the winds and the rains that came our way it was no major issues and one of the other things where our apartment complex is located I think one of, one of the good things about it is um because us being in close proximity of usF and being on the same grid as them, it's Like it's less, less concerning for me as far as power, electricity, because um, finding out that we were on the same grid, I just knew if something ever were to happen in the Bay Area, USF, because it'd be in a commercial business, like they would get power and the amount of students that they have and all of the stuff that happens on that site, whether it be the actual school, whether it be the health center, whether it be Moffitt Cancer, all of that is in this area. So I'm never really too worried about that. Um, So, yeah, lost power for 30 seconds and just some wind and a whole bunch of leaves on the ground. But leaves are falling anyways as we get ready to go into further into fall. (laughs) How about you, Sabrina? How did you weather the storm?
2: Uh, I'm going to be happy to share, but I am curious with you, EB, because you do have family down south. So how is that for you and Judith? Did they evacuate? Were they not in flood zones? Because I can't imagine thinking of those things.
0: No, definitely. That's a good question. Um, so i like down south, I guess I'll go on the easier story. Central Florida, they ain't get nothing but just some bad weather. And then they, my parents, my uh, dad's house and my siblings, they lost power for like three or four days. But down south where my in-laws reside, my wife's um, parents and siblings, they had some flooding, uh, minor flooding within the house. They got it out all the next day. So that was a positive. They like literally just mopped it out and had a whole bunch of towels and stuff. Um, to get it out. They were in, um, I guess, Zone B, but Zone B wasn't supposed to evacuate until, or it didn't get asked to evacuate until literally the day of of that night going into the storm. So it was just little to no time. Um, My mother-in-law, she stayed at work because she just didn't want to take no chances on the road. And then just knowing that some places were already out of power because of just those wind bands and rain that was already hitting part of the area, um, me and my wife told her just ride it out at the job at least you're there with other people and you know you're trying to drive in the rain you don't know what's going to happen like just don't take those chances and then um father-in-law and brother-in-law brother-in-laws they just rode it out at the house and had a like trees were down at their house um no power for like four or five days um struggling to just you know get food and meals because a lot of the places that you would go eat at are closed and again they just had some minor flooding the front patio kind of got I guess I'll say destroyed from range of something everything and then just uh I don't know. I guess I'll say like that netting that sits around the patio. I don't know what the proper name of it is, but like that netting of, of like a screen porch, all of that kind of like got um destroyed. So yeah. But everybody's safe and they're all good.
2: Oh, that's good to know. And I'm glad y'all were able to connect with them beforehand and be like, hey, what are your plans?
0: so you know what's going
2: on and oh that's good um so i wish i could say the same for my family connecting with me (laughs) i had so many friends reaching out to me which was very sweet in north carolina asking you know hey do you want to come down here and i was thinking oh that's a 16 hour drive full trip you know i think we're gonna ride it out especially because our home isn't in a flood zone so there's like zones a through I don't know, maybe E, I, we are in zone E and we're on the very outskirts of zone E. So on that part, I felt comfortable. I did not foresee what would happen with the power. And Doug has been trying to get us to get a generator for a while. And I'm like, why would we pay thousands of dollars for something when we only lose power maybe once or twice a year and never for more than 24 hours? but I really wish <laughs> I had listened to him because we lost power for three days. I mean, Sharika and Alan had to rescue our chicken and fish in the freezer because we had just bought off that chicken. Uh, they hadn't <laughs> lost power, but it was a uh, very alarming, especially at night. Uh, my husband, he used to be a lineman's assistant, but he, he no longer does that part, but he still works for the power company. So after the hurricane, they're on, they're like, Full blast. So he's doing 6 to 10, which is 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., maybe a little longer, every day. So he did that for, like, four or five days. And then I'm at home, no power, just darkness. This is, like, very close to right after the thing happened with Chandler the scammer. So I'm like, oh, no, is he going to come back? Why did Doug tell him we're filing the police report? Now he knows. <laughs> I, I was feeling very uneasy. But Sharika was very kind and opened her home to us. For me, I think sometimes in the beginning, I can kind of have that um, little ignorance cap on. Well, ignorant might be the wrong word, but, or maybe it's the right word, but I have had have so many, oh, a hurricane's coming. Oh, we're going to shut everything down. And then literally nothing happened from my time in North Carolina to here. It's like nothing. So I can see how people can kind of get um, trapped by the fact of, oh, you know, if they tell me to evacuate, it'll be fine. We won't. And then they're on the news saying, oh, we wish we did. So there's that element that I kind of had, you know, and my heart was hurting for people and I had compassion for them because I had that same kind of thought, like I got a few canned goods and stuff, but I was like, it's probably going to be nothing. I did not foresee my power being out for that long. And that was very unfortunate. Like I couldn't work. My job was amazing about it though. Um, But still, I just wasn't as prepared as I probably could have or should have been. And, Then when we hear about people who, the other side of people who don't evacuate, it's like Evie was saying, maybe they find out too late that they have to, and you don't want to be riding literally out in the storm. And to evacuate, you have to have somewhere to go that costs money. You know, not everybody can get a hotel. Not everybody has, you know, an extended network of friends and family that they can just stay with. So sometimes they do have to stay there. And that's a really scary thing. So I think just one thing I was reminded of through Ian is having compassion for people and doing what you can for them after the fact without judgment, which leads us to a lot of the things that EB's been involved with, with Ian. So Sharika, are we ready to transition there? And talk about some so of the EVs been showing up or do we have some other things to cover
1: I did want to say a few other things and I like the way you're going with the things that people aren't really thinking of ahead of time like even when you want to evacuate there was people couldn't get gas like the gas stations are out of gas so now are you riding on fumes are you praying okay can I make it where I want to go you know, like E.B. was telling us when he came to pick us up, he went to a few different gas stations to even try to find gas because you couldn't even get gas, you know, when 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 you have these hurricanes and things um, happening, people, the gas is like one of the first things to go. So now people are like, do I even have enough gas to make it somewhere? Um, other, Also, um, when you think about, I was thinking about Sabrina, you know, when your refrigerator went out, Um, And you guys, like, luckily, like, we were able to help you all. But even when I went to the grocery store after, like, first of all, grocery stores weren't open for a while. Then when they were open, they also, too, lost their food. So I'm thinking about the people who lost all their food, where are they going to get food? They go to the grocery store and the grocery store barely got any food because they also, too, have lost their food and 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 some of the roads are bad to even get into this area. So when are they gonna get their delivery of, of um produce and meat and things like that? Dairy, like all when I went to this one grocery store that I mainly go to, they had no produce, no dairy, no meat. If it was cold or refrigerated, it was gone. The only thing they had is like maybe mainly some non-perishable things, but not everybody's rushing there because their power has been out. So now they're trying to find something to eat because. You can barely find anything to eat, and these are things that I really wasn't thinking about prior to the hurricane. Like even when things are done, when are things going to be opened again, and and will they even have anything to buy when I want to buy something? So there's a lot of things that you just, you know, if you're not aware or haven't been in the situation before, that you just are unaware of or unprepared for. But now we can uh, transition over to. What does the recovery look like? Uh, Sabrina said her husband works um, for the electric company. So he's busy after that. And my husband works in disaster. So my husband's busy. So I did thank God for that. I'm like, at least I have a friend that like, if it really got crazy or scary while our husbands are away, we at least got each other. But um, EB was out there on the front lines as well. So EB, I know you you were... Uh, doing a lot of work with disaster. So what were you doing? Where were you going? What did you see? Tell us all the things.
0: Yeah, so um, I would say front lines of recovery because I'm not out there in the middle of a hurricane. <laughs> none of the tree thing. So <laughs> yeah, please, yeah. people who are listening, don't get a it misconstrued in any way um but a lot of what i've been doing has actually been working um sharika with your husband um the last the first few days right after the storm it was getting a lot of equipment to what we would consider um our base camps the base camps in port charlotte and fort myers and now we just recently set one up in venice um we're just setting up personnel support units so that's kind of like bunkhouses for people to be able to sleep in and shower in getting um fuel tankers down there to make sure that you know as you talked about having limited gas, but to make sure all of our vehicles are equipped, getting a lot of wa- pallets of water and ice and um, tarps and gloves and just anything that a person, I guess, would, would consider daily um, necessities to do mass feedings and to just help communities as best as possible try to rebuild Um, So really, in those first few days, it was literally two trips um, to Tampa, um, two trips from Tampa down to Port Charlotte, Fort Myers every single day for about three or four days. And um, then it's just been site visits of seeing some of the stuff that we've been doing, like just watching some of our what we consider canteens. Um, For those of you who might not know what a Salvation Army canteen is, just think of it as like a somewhat of like a food truck or a mobile kitchen on wheels of just feeding that has the cap- um, capability of feeding anywhere between 1500 to 3000 meals a day and they're they station up in different areas and part of those areas or how those areas are selected is a group of team of people who we consider the incident command team who um, they communicate with the state emergency operations center the state EOC who talks about what are those I guess you could say those low-income areas within the community? What are those hardest hit areas? What are those areas that might be um, not accessible for people to get in and out of their communities? How can we position ourselves to make sure they're at least getting a hot lunch and dinner every day with also snacks and stuff? Maybe they need a chart to cover up their home. Maybe they need some working gloves to try to gut out their house or clean up debris as best as possible. So just trying to find things um, to help them out as they recover as best as possible.
1: EB, so you talked about going to Port Charlotte from Tampa. On a normal time, how long does it take you to get from Port Charlotte or from Tampa to Port Charlotte?
0: On a normal day, at least for my driving or even for the average person, you would see probably an hour 15 to an hour 30 or so. Um, just to give some people references, like usually I'm getting on the interstate anywhere between exit 260 to 270, and Port Charlotte is right off of at least where a lot of the stuff is positioned at is right off of exit 170. So you're talking about a hundred mile or so stretch of just the interstate.
1: So, how long in the disaster, like what were the roads like? How long does it take you now in the middle of this disaster to get to Port Charlotte?
0: In um, the quickest time, it has been about, well, I'll give you two, three different times. The quickest time it was um about an hour and 40 or so minutes to 2 hours and that was because we had state troopers a police escort. So watching us go through traffic which oh, wow. was just um fascinating. Shout wow. out to I don't even know if he listens to the podcast but I'll shout him out about anyways cuz some people who do listen might know. Him. But shout out to Jonathan Howell for um in this case, no nah, I'm not going to say what I really want to say. I'll say it offline to just my sisters <laughs> uh, for doing what he had to do um to help things get to where they needed to be. Um, Through just normal days of the way that traffic has been, it was taking anywhere between three to four. On one day, it took about five and a half after water um, got onto 75. So got on top of a bridge, meaning the water levels was that high. You're talking anywhere between 15 to 20 feet. So it shut down about 20 miles of Highway 75. So from exit 170 to exit 191, it was shut down for a few times, and you literally just sitting in the traffic. And as we talk about gas and stuff like that, there's people who are just shutting off their vehicles and just not not sure what to do or not um, not sure what's next because you don't even know when next time you're gonna get gas, especially with those areas where it's still limited on gas or whatnot.
1: So, how are the like? What what are you seeing? Like, are there people? Like, what? I mean, I, I'm I have not really I've done disaster. only once in my life and it was in another area, but like, what is the areas looking like? What are, what what are people needing? What are going, what do you see going on?
0: Yeah. So I've had the privilege of being in Venice, Fort Myers and Port Charlotte. I'm trying to make my way to Naples, hopefully um, either over the weekend or early next week to check on um, people who we consider family and Ben and Annie and some others who we know down there, but just seeing images you see still, um, Water is still just, I guess you could say, rising or it's just there. Um, You still have trees, um, of course, on the ground, on highways, on streets where places become inaccessible to just a normal vehicle. So you're talking about just um, being stationary in one spot and going around on foot because there's no way or getting on like a Polaris, like a four wheeler type vehicle, ATV, to get to where you need to go. You see homes destroyed. You see roofs just peeled off, like where you're like, as if somebody just grabbed it like a carpet and just ripped it all off, so to speak. Um, You see street after street after street with just piles of debris, of furniture, of trees, just stacked up on the road. And you could just tell that just, you know, whatever has happened there. now we know it's a hurricane, but if you just didn't know what a hurricane was, you're just like, whatever it is, it's a big mess. Um, But you also see, Um, Not only the Salvation Army, but you just see countless agencies, countless churches, countless people, people who just love on people who who love this type of work, um, who knows how to respond for their fellow brothers and sister is coming to their aid. Now, granted, some people are contracted and they're getting bread and they're getting paid and, you know, they got to pay their bills. But part of their job is to help communities get back to where they were. Um, pre this storm so you see a lot of signs of people saying you know Florida strong so just Love these it. group of people coming together and just saying we're here to help you um, even as we talked about me trying to get the Naples hearing one of our friends and Ben Ben Bridges say we'll be here as long as we're needed like we don't plan on leaving um, and they just got done with recovering from Irma which took a, about three or four years of I guess you could say rebuilding after all the um, I guess you could say contracting companies were gone, the roofing companies, the cleanup companies, the restoration companies, the tree companies. After all, they were gone a few months after the Salvation Army was still there making stuff happen after Irma. So I can see that part of Southwest Florida will be part of rebuilding for the next, um, at best, five or six years.
2: For sure. And one thing I can say about the Salvation Army, they're going to ring the bells at Christmas and they're going to be there in the time of disaster. Because even when I was a kid Mm -hmm. in Hurricane Floyd, it was a canteen in our neighborhood. You know, I was so young. And I I think that was, I probably knew the Army as my church maybe for a year because I was very young. But we were out there at the canteen getting the food. Even when my house burned down, which is not like a natural disaster, the Salvation Army gave us furniture for the free. I was like, okay, period. So shout out to the Salvation Army. Doing the most good.
1: I remember when I went on disaster, just something just that I didn't, the trees were all leaning one way. I mean, they weren't like laying down. It was just, the trees were all just like leaning a direction. And I was just like looking at like just creation and seeing like what a disaster, like, like the whole earth, like is really, um, like the how it really affects the earth and how the earth just like it's it's just the wildest thing if you've never like just if you've never really seen the devastation and just like it's really unexplainable and it's just things that you just I've never experienced in any other way before and it's just so sad to see like not just like like the houses and people and the man-made thing, but even just how the earth has is, is like almost shifted and how the earth is affected. It's just crazy. It is a disaster all the way around. Um, so EB, I don't know if you know this off the top of your head or not, but if someone is like, you know what, I want to help or where can I go or what can I send or do you have any information like that?
0: Yeah, definitely. I know there's Um, like an
1: org or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, If people
0: are interested, yeah, I think it depends on what you're trying to do. If you, as a physical being, want to get your boots on the ground and help out. Um, I would say connect with your local Salvation Army and they'll try to point you to the right direction. Now, if you don't even want to work with the Salvation Army, you're just like, I just want to get out there. There's like a volunteerflorida.org site that you can go to and they can point you in the right direction. Um, so that's the easiest way. And that's not only for this natural disaster, but that's for anything in regards to just helping other people. So for those of you who are always looking like, I, I feel bored or I need a new hobby or I want to help some people out, like volunteerflorida, like dot, uh, I want to say dot org. If not, just put in volunteerflorida and go to whatever website that is. They'll be able to help you out. But as far as the Salvation Army specifically, um, you can just contact your local Salvation Army, which the Salvation Army now, because I know we got worldwide listeners, um, the Salvation Army now is currently present in 133 countries. Um and we're literally everywhere. And I say everywhere, like in the U.S., every zip code is accounted for when it comes to the Salvation Army. Now, I might not have a physical building there, but there's somebody who services that area or that county or that region in some way, shape, or form. If there's a body there, then there's some form of Salvation Army that has helped that community or is ready and willing to help. So just contact your local Salvation Army because there's always something. And of course, money, um, I know it sounds crazy, but money is always good. Like You can always go to any of those I guess you could say you could put in Hurricane and Salvation Army and you can donate monetarily to that. And that helps. Um, get equipment to where it needs to be that help gets the equipment that's needed that help get supplies that help get meals prepared that helps keep vehicles maintained uh, to do what they do you're talking by the time you guys hear this it'll probably be a week and a half or so but by the time of this recording the salvage army has already served um a little over sixty thousand meals and that's just counting the hot meals of the lunch and the dinners that's not counting like the breakfast boxes that they're giving people of like cereal and milk and saying hey we're not cooking hot meals at six seven in the morning but here's some breakfast for you right now but come back at lunch and dinner and then at dinner they're giving those same breakfast boxes to them and saying hey we won't be able to feed you tomorrow at breakfast but here's a breakfast box for you but we got you with a hot meal for lunch and dinner tomorrow
1: so there's okay. so much that you can do we can do um if it, i mean they there's a lot like if you're interested in volunteering there's people that they need people to serve food they need if you have a cdl license they need people to transport things and i'm and not maybe not this time but if you're like you know what the next time i'm interested like he said get connected with the salvation army there's so if you want to be on you know want to get a part of be a part of the disaster help or relief there's a lot of things that you can do i mean or if you are own a store company and you have water you can donate or food you can donate I mean there's a lot that can be done and and um if you're able to and you're willing to or you know someone to that is able and willing you know definitely get connected because there's a lot of work to be done Mm I love it thank
2: you for those websites as well Evie because I didn't know about Volunteer Florida Dot com or org which one was it?
0: I think it's dot org. But if it's not dot org, if you put in volunteer Florida, you'll see the legit site and it just helps give options of all the volunteer opportunities in the state.
2: Absolutely. And I love that. Well, (laughs) this phrase sounds weird, but I love that about disasters. I love seeing how communities come together and like the best of humanity. A lot of that really does Mm. shine. So shout out to being Florida strong. Our quote today um, sort of aligns with where we're going. I'm still taking the quotes from that beautiful book my husband gave me when we were dating. And it says, opportunities are everywhere. They may be invisible. They may be hard to imagine right now. But they are present and they are real. Look for them. And I just want to apply this to reaching out and helping people who are in need. There is no greater gift. We know one of the most precious commodities in life is time. So if you're, and maybe the second is money. I don't know. Some would say it's love, but, you know, we're talking about this. You can see it on the news. You can Google it. Find a way to help. If everybody could find at least one way to help, it might be hard. You might be unsure, but just find that opportunity. EB, what are you expounding on today?
0: I am expounding on...
2: (laughs) Oh, Lord. Please don't say (laughs) Y-E.
0: God darn. The one the only. And y'all know how much I... If you've listened to this podcast... Oh, Lord. He don't say
2: it. If you know
0: this podcast, (laughs) if you know me, if you know us, you know that this name comes up often on the podcast. (laughs) It's not like every day come up. But it comes up... (laughs) And I don't even want to do it because if you know me, like, I really like this guy. But he just continues to just do things that I'm just like, (laughs) I love you because Jesus told me to love you. But I don't like what you do. Or I don't like what you do sometimes. Let me say that because I got to be honest with myself about this person. (sighs) But it's a 45-year-old man. Oh. was Was born in Atlanta, Georgia. To a lady by the name of Donda. He was raised in Chicago and most people know him five? by his 45. most people oh, know him God. by his birth name of Kanye West, but for others, you might just call him yay. And depending on who you are today, you might call him Uncle Tom because this man is different, different. Um, he was with the one and the only candace owens rocking a white lives matter shirt now in his defense and some right now are thinking like how do you defend this i'm not defending him wearing it i am defending it's funny how he wears the white lives matter shirt and those who are applauding his white lives matter shirt is not saying all lives matter or blue lives matter Really, that's what I'm expounding on. I don't like I don't agree with him wearing it. It is what it is. But he already wore it. It is what he's getting the attention that he wants. But those who've seen the Black Lives Matter shirts, they would definitely say that's not a thing. Nothing is going wrong. Blah, 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 blah. It's all lives matter or blue lives matter. But when he said white lives matter and Candace Owens was with him with white lives matter, I didn't see Fox News or any of these. I don't, I, don't, I don't like calling them right wing because I know people associate right with Christian and right with being right. No, I, I didn't see certain individuals say all lives matter or blue lives matter when he wore that. So for me, that continues to show me that we as a country are still divided and will continue to be divided and people will continue to diminish and degrade, um, I would say, the journey of people of African descent on this land. Because it would have been great and you would have saw maybe an applause for me if they were consistent and says Kanye and Candace Owens are disrespectful. And or if they would have just came out and said blue lives matter against those white lives matter. But they're showing you exactly what they want to show you. And that's if it ain't white, it ain't right.
2: They showing you what he said. White lives matter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I am just baffled because it's so much that a person um of course, can say, uh, but I you know, it's some stuff you don't give too much attention to because you just keep it moving. And Kanye will be Kanye. And I'm confident I might be wrong, but I'm confident by the end of this month, um, he will apologize for wearing it and say that he's sorry and he's in a sunken place and it's because of his wife's family and all of that <laughs> stuff. Because that's what he do <sighs> with all his issues and all his craziness. He never I ain't gonna say never because he has like once or twice. He typically does not own up to his decision making skills and his abilities um but lord bless him and candace owens
1: Not sunk in place those. oh my god but
2: he does Sharika. anytime
1: he yeah, has an, he an issue I with know. his
2: ex-wife it's suddenly he black again and we need yeah. to be there for him <laughs> or anytime Gap uses his design or Adidas did something okay black people boycott but it's white lives matter yay Now, he did kind of double back and say something to the effect of what I joked um, with EB, which is like, you know, we do live in a society where that is the message. But even then, Kanye, this isn't funny. It's not for play play. And someone on Instagram said it perfectly. They said, we don't need a reminder of the worth of white lives. America is a shrine to the worth of white people. This message is reactionary to the message affirming the worth of black lives, which has never been worth anything in America. And its intent, is a white supremacist notion because it posits that we can't have a conversation about the worth of black people without having a conversation about the worth of white people, which is effing insane. The notion that it always has to be about white people in America is incredibly frustrating, emotionally draining, and the whole problem. But here's Kanye apparently centering that notion. And I agree with their comment. Whatever way he's trying to take it, it's like, Kanye, really? Really? But okay. But all he has to do is make one more little Jesus bop and then we'll all forgive him. Mm -hmm. But it's like, really, Kanye?
1: We're tired. We're tired. (laughs) tired. Evie, did you see um, Diddy on the Breakfast Club?
0: Um, I see that he was on there, but I have not watched the okay. interview yet, but I did see a little clip of him saying he was trying to defend it, but I ain't listening to Diddy about much. He,
1: no, he wasn't defending it. I thought actually what he had to say was good. He was basically saying, in the defense, he was just saying he loves he loves Kanye and he likes, because he likes him as a person, and I think that's the thing, but he's like, but this is not the time for this. <laughs> he's like, th- he said, you know, basically he was saying like, um, you know, if he said if if your house, if you have damage or something is going on at your house, you're not running to the neighbor's house and being like, hey, y'all OK over here. No, you go to your house because, you know, there's issues going. On. He said right now it's about we need to focus on the black people because we're in need right now. It's not time to be focusing on the We're not worried about their white lives. They can worry about themselves. It essentially, but anyway, so he really wasn't defending him. But the only reason why I brought that interview up is because he mistakenly called Candace Owen Karen Owens, and he was like, You know what? And they were like, You mean Candace Owens? He was like, You know what? No, it's Karen Owens. Now. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, if he had done
2: that without her, it would have been annoying that maybe he mm-hmm. could have gotten away with me and been like, I'm mm-hmm. making a statement of this is how our culture treats us but because he had her i know that wasn't the heart of it yeah i just know it wasn't mm-hmm. and i don't care what he says or now he's sharing text from his dad where his dad is like yeah i thought it was hilarious and great like no kanye no yeah yeah
1: and yeah so basically i mean i I'm sure they probably only clipped the part where it sounded like he was defending. Him, but if you <laughs> listen to it, it was not really in defense of Kanye. He was just really talking about the plight of Black people and how we're in a state of emergency. Black people are being killed, and you know all the things. And he was like, you know, this ain't the time for this. We need to really be rallying and focusing our resources on saving our people, and not with these. I don't care what the reasoning you got the white lives on. Is that ain't the time? And that ain't this ain't right. You know, There's, but I was just laughing at the ca- the care owens part and just like he was like you know what she is karen owens from now on that's what she really is is a karen owens not no he said "Can this sound too black I said, oh my gosh
0: this man yeah I'm gonna um, right
1: i
2: need pub to um if he's all about black people to uh, go ahead and pay mace because we want to be out of
0: talked
1: about that he said he don't own nobody no money he said actually mace owns him three million dollars because he gave him a fr- up front for the next album that never dropped so he said, huh? "If anything, Mace owes him three million dollars because he got his um, uh, what is it called where you get your money beforehand, whatever, in, in advance." You know, yeah. yeah, he got his advance for an album that never happened. Okay, Mace. So he's like, no. so he said he don't owe nobody no money. Well, Mace, it's been
0: yeah. said. That's those he say she says. <laughs> yeah.
1: But he said he's gonna come out with a documentary uh, with with the people that's talking about you know whatever. People always he said people always want to talk about the money that they're owed when 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 the things ain't going right. But I mean I don't know who's right or who's wrong. I have heard because they did question him on that. They said it's been a lot of uh, reports about you you know taking people taking advantage of people sure and, and robbing people. Yeah. So he he addressed it and he said it will be addressed further. So. Oh, uh, that reminds
2: that me. I still have to watch that Yay documentary. I haven't watched it.
0: Oh, you? I think
1: I watched. Yeah, I think I watched one episode, but I've never finished the whole or one for the beginning or something. I haven't watched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Do we have to watch it? I'm just like, I, no, I, we I'm,
2: don't, we don't. I'm actually. I mean, I. Yeah. I'm curious. I think what he did in this moment is stupid and wrong. And I just like, I think saying slavery was a choice. There's no way you can spin that for me. But also I'm not somebody like, well, maybe he might profit if I watch it, but I have never purchased a Kanye album. Like I've never gone to a Kanye. I am not one of the people who thought I've never been interested in buying those expensive sneakers. It's like, sir, Mm -hmm. no, you know what I'm saying? So it's not like I'm out here putting on a him on a pedestal. he's a very talented artist and I respect that and I said on another podcast I've used a lot of his music in in pieces but uh I don't know him and he don't know me so that's where that ends
1: I think for me I mainly just feel bad for Kanye because I just really feel like this is a troubled man and I that really makes me sad why is he Um, troubled Sharika this is a billionaire he's very talented
2: What's He's troubled about him?
1: Troubled. He's mentally troubled. Mm-hmm. He's emotionally troubled. He is a troubled man. Like I'm not talking about what what we can buy. I'm talking about the things that we can't buy. That man is troubled. I know. And what I'm
2: saying is he can get done in life what he needs to get done. He is not an idiot. He is not somebody who can't get things accomplished. When he chooses, when he makes these bad choices, it is because Kanye makes bad choices, not because he has struggles with mental true. illnesses. I know a lot of people who have bipolar or whatever else, and they're not out here doing these things. It's because it's Kanye. He's Kanye. I
1: I agree and I disagree. I will say when, as we all know, like when people have a level of fame and fortune, the, the nose and the people who are really trying to hold you accountable in life are very few and far between. You have more people who are like, oh yeah, whatever you say, whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they they're profiting off of your back and off of your misery and off of your in illness. Fair. Versus people who are like, you know what, I don't care. I don't, I'm I love you for who you are, and I'm not putting up with this. I'm not letting you go out like this. Those people are hard to come by when you are at his level. And I can so I can see why he's left to his own devices. And the only person that could have, I really feel like he, that he would listen to was his mom. Thanks. But at some point you do, he he, ha- he has to be responsible for his behavior. Uh, whether he's medicated or not, that is also his responsibility. But I do sympathize and understand that when you're not in your right space, that, that is a hard thing to really, get a hold of and he but it ain't but what he is doing is more damaging than than anything else and not to just himself but the plight and the community of black people
2: Uh, well what are we recommending are we recommending his album if we (laughs) i'm I'm recommending i'm recommending
1: recommending jesus christ to kanye and (laughs) help (laughs) Uh,
2: kanye what are you seriously I'm recommending? I'm <laughs> just going to tell you
1: <laughs> what I'm recommending. Y'all, you know, I love a good time. You know, I love a good story. Um, as I was home um, during the hurricane, I, I started watching this show on Netflix called The Big Day. And it is about weddings, but it's uh-huh. uh, focused on Indian weddings. And some of it was like interracial, like some a lot of Indian people marrying other people or just in their own culture. But it was very interesting. You know, I love a wedding, you know, I love a good time. So I love that. But just to see the culture of someone else and just see the things that they do and the reasoning and the meaning behind why they do the things that they do and and, and just the celebration uh, in their culture for days and different events and the different things that they do. It was very interesting. And it was, and a, a lot of it was very beautiful. Uh, you know even though it's not my religion and not my culture I found a lot of beauty and a lot of interest in it so I'm recommending the big day so is it just about their wedding
2: day or about
1: what it's about well it's like kind of like a it's like it showed like different couples their relationship how they got together you know just kind of walking through up to the big day and what ha- you know the things that they do and the things they have to do like one was about this couple one guy was a catholic one lady was the indian lady was indian and the catholic church wouldn't let them get married they ha- they went there for months and every they had to meet there with once a month for months to for the catholic church to let them get married and then that's like right before their wedding they were like nah we're not we're not letting you do that so it's just like there different couple stories and and, and what led, leads them up to their big day and how they cer- celebrate their marriage and love and life together and their families and how family plays a role in all that. That was interesting.
2: I absolutely love it. The big day. Got it. I'm recommending a fall activity, you guys. So this isn't like a website or a book that you can. Um, can buy or should read, but really get outside, go to a pumpkin patch, even if you live in Florida and it's 85 degrees, go do that with some (laughs) friends or, you know, get a pumpkin and carve it or learn how to make a new cider or special version of hot chocolate. I just feel like life goes by so fast and we get in our little routines and we kind of get settled and stuck, but switch it up a little bit. Enjoy life and make a new memory with your loved ones. You won't regret it. Especially if it's something fall because it's the best season of all. Evie, what you got?
0: I have a book for y'all. Um, so it's always good to just read, but it's called "Uncomfortable: The Awkward and Essential Challenge of a Christian of Christian Community," and um, it's just I think it's helpful. Not not helpful to read a book. It is helpful to read books, but not specifically this one helpful. But I think sometimes we have these fantasies of what your church should be. um, but sometimes you want your church to be something and you're not that. So yeah. you can add it to your church of how it stretches you. But this book just talks about, you know, like is it more of, I guess, are you at church more for these like emotional highs, so to speak, of like, well, they're singing the right song, so I'm gonna be in my mood today. But if it was another song, you wouldn't have been in your mood and you wouldn't have been paying attention to the words because it's still the same God that you're singing to. But it's called Uncomfortable and it's just talking about, I guess, in a word that I've heard a few times and I like to use it from time to time, but just that holy tension of how you grow um in your your walk. And then I know um Sabrina was I uh, said Sabrina Sharika was talking about the show called The Big Day. There's also an album called The Big Day, and it's from the lovely chance the rapper. And it's also yeah. that whole album is about his journey with his um wife and well before they got married to him just talked because he released it if i'm not mistaken release on his wedding day or if it, w- it was released released around that time but he just has these all these songs about it and it's one song i think i had said it on the pod a while ago but it's a part on it it's one of my favorite songs for an album every time i hear somebody getting engaged for all my homeboys i send this to them um just because of the part that's on there 7 p.m thoughts in my home home who to put in my will who to put in my won't some people, my bled, blood, some people, my flesh. That's the difference between catch and fetch. I don't want this, the part that I really love. I don't want nobody to be at my wedding that won't be there for my marriage. Ew. They can see it on Facebook, they can like it, they can share it. So, it's sometimes you know i know it'd be having a lovely fall and closing out the year and you know holidays whether it be thanksgiving or christmas and new year's i know all those things are coming up it's when engagements happen i know sabrina talked about this is her anniversary month it's also the same month that we got engaged but friends for those of you who are married or wedding planning um i won't say necessarily mentees but one of my little homies got engaged not too long ago shout out to jude can <gasps> oh, out see you know. that's
1: awesome wow.
0: Shout Yay! out to them. Shout out to them. Um, but just remember, as you're planning, don't invite people who won't be there for your marriage. Like
1: mm, they can like so it, good. they can share it.
0: Like it's just a waste of a meal um thing or do nothing. Anyway, it's not a waste of, a, of a meal. It's a waste of a meal. <laughs> Food will be costing at wedding. You going you gonna learn real quick, and it don't be worth it. But that's all we got for y'all yeah. this week. Anything else y'all want to close out with, or y'all good?
1: Yeah, that was great advice. To oh, mm-hmm. And it's real. That is so real. And one day we're going to really get into it, but really get into it. The word.
0: <laughs> if you can help anybody, um, whether it be people who are suffering the impacts of a natural disaster, or maybe it's somebody in your circle or somebody in your church or somebody at your workplace who you know going through it, um, I can tell you that's something that is typically, not always, but typically, um, I guess, a help. Is just being present like we call it the ministry of presence just by showing up and listening that sometimes does a great deal. Um, Like, just know that you don't always have to have all the answers to all the problems that your friends and family might come to you with. The fact that some of them come to you with some of their challenges and issues that lets you know that they trust you enough or they feel like you can help them. Now, of course, if you can help them and it's not straining you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, then, hey, by all, we, by all means, make it happen. Um, but, you know, when you start putting yourself in danger, then that's not necessarily helping them because you're hurting yourself in that. So, you know, life sometimes comes at you fast and sometimes you can't dodge what it throws at you. So as always, if life tries to knock you down, make sure you kick back. Until
1: next time.